630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. All right, so halftime in Toronto. 1-0 Honduras leading Canada. World Cup qualifying. The old good old golf started today. To decide the FedEx Cup. Now, this is the tournament in which the top 30 players from the entire season get in. This is at Eastlake Golf Club in Atlanta, the Tour Championship. But the players who were higher ranked start the tournament with a lower score. So Patrick Cantley, who was the number one ranked guy going in, gets to start the tournament 10 under. Tony Finau started 8 under, all the way down to the players who were 26th through 30th. They start at even par. So after the first round, Patrick Cantley has the lead, even though he did not shoot the lowest round of the day. He shot a 67, three under, so he's minus 13. John Rahm shot a 65. He is 11 under. Harris English and Bryson DeChambeau, eight under par. So, yeah, Rahm had a uh, 65, which was the lowest round of the day. So he moved up from fourth to second. He doesn't get to be in first because Cantley started four shots ahead of Rom, kind of odd how they do that, but they wanted to give the players who had better seasons an advantage over the players lower down going into the final tournament of the year. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. You can get the latest on the Elks on globalnews.ca. Dave Campbell and I were talking about the players unable to participate in practice today because they are in COVID protocol. Some of the key names, I should say, not necessarily unable to participate. Some of them uh, did participate, but were limited, such as Darrell Walker, such as Shai Ross. Now, Tavon Smith, another receiver, wasn't uh, wasn't participating. Aaron Grimes, one of the team's best defensive backs, uh, wasn't participating. We'll see tomorrow how they look as they get ready for Labor Day Monday in Calgary. It's on 6.30, Ched, 12.30 for the countdown to kickoff, and the game will start at 2.30. We had Commissioner Randy Ambrosi on the show who uh, said that he feels the the that Jacob Ruby deserved a, a very harsh punishment for breaching COVID protocols with the Elks. Uh, he said that it is his preference that this does not ultimately end. Uh, basically, that he won't be blacklisted. I mean, just to sum up what Randy and I wound up wound up talking about. So there's yet another storyline as we move along throughout the season, and there are many. There, there are many. They're not, they're not all fun to talk about, unfortunately. It is fun to talk to this guy. He is Cam Moon. He's the play-by-play voice for Edmonton Oilers here on 6:30 Chet and the Oilers Radio Network. Cam, do you know ABBA put out two new songs today? I heard that. They're they're cranking out a whole album, aren't they? The, yeah, the album's coming out. Uh, I believe it's called Baba. Woo. No, that's not true. No. <laughs> They've waited a while. I see. They were in no rush to get this thing out. Yeah, they were pacing themselves. Uh, I think yeah. what eighty. I'm just quickly looking on their. Uh, oh, I, I was saying, what are their first names? They their oh, first I- names. Because I said I said to Kellen they, that it was uh, Benny Bjorn. Anna and the other one. I was almost right. It's Bjorn, Benny, Annie Frid. I'm not saying this with the proper accent. And Agnetha are their uh, are their four names. Okay. Of the uh, the people in in ABBA, and their their last album was uh, 1981. The new one this Whoa. year is called Voyage. I didn't enjoy the two songs I heard today. I'm sorry. I'm a curmudgeon. No. Uh, well, hey, it's been a gap. And, and we don't have any roller rinks anymore, so I don't know how much play they're going to get. <laughs> that's, that's right. Ava, the original, the, 
they made their name at roller rinks in the uh, yeah. in the 1970s. There you go. That's awesome. <laughs> what are you watching That's tonight? Right. I don't think the Blue Jays are playing. Uh, well, I didn't have anything on yet. I had I watched a bit of the Giants earlier, uh, as I was was hoping that uh, Milwaukee could do the Dodgers a favor, but uh, they didn't. So thanks for nothing, Milwaukee. Um, that's that's what I had on earlier. So I don't know. Nothing, I, I have the soccer right match on. We're losing. I, how are you watching that? On my TV. Really? Wow. Well, how else well, would I watch it? I'm not there. Well, I don't know. Maybe you'd like some sort of streaming service of some sort. Well, it's not Sportsnet West, at least in my house. Am I the only one in Canada getting the game? That can't wow. be possible. That can't be possible. Well, I, I know I saw that there was some scuttle that it might not be as broadly televised as people were hoping earlier in the week. But, yeah, I, I got it on Sportsnet okay. West. Oh, well, well, that's lovely. I'm, I'm all for it. I'm just more of a baseball guy than a soccer guy. That's all. Uh, well, so am I, but Canada's playing, and we actually have a yeah. half-decent team, though we did not have a f- good first half, so we'll see if we can wake up a bit. Okay. Well, you get in there, kick some garbage cans, and fire them up. <laughs> yeah, that's what they need. <laughs> that's what they need. just some random person went into the dressing room at halftime. That's right. Tried to fire up the team. It's yeah. probably happened. I, it probably has, yes, it probably has. Did you get to listen to the segment that you inspired last night with the two members of the Victoria Cougars from 89-90? I did, and I loved it. Um, great to hear Milan. Milan Dragasivic, he grew up here in Edmonton. He was Maple Leaf Athletic Club. Uh, played. A, he played, like Milan's a great story. He played for the Sherwood Park Crusaders when he was 15. And back then, that was incredibly difficult to do as there was only 14 teams in the Western League, and there was only like eight or nine in the AJ back then. And then he went on to a four-year WHL career, then he played at Acadia, and he's been coaching ever since. So it was great to hear him because he's a solid Edmonton guy. And Jarrett Burgoyne, the netminder for the Victoria Cougars. And it it was nice that Jarrett had the, the context of having played for the Cougars the year before when they were good and then had to deal with the five wins at a 72 game uh, of 89-90. Yeah, I I thought those guys had great stories. The fact that they beat Kamloops to end that epically long losing streak is a minor miracle because Kamloops was a heck of a team that went on to win the WHL that year. Uh, That's unbelievable. I thought that was wonderful radio. Very nice. Well, and, and you inspired it, and yet you actually connected with Milan to get him on, and I, I talked to Jarrett, and yeah, that was a great story, That they and Hitch was the coach, and they told the story yeah. when they were leaving the rink in Kamloops that night. They're walking out, and Hitch is holding a practice. Yeah, the famous after-the-game bag skate. Like, you just, you're not going to see that anymore. Who was that that got in trouble? It was probably close to 20 years ago. Uh, oh. Was it uh, Constantine in Tri-City yeah, that yeah. absolutely made some players walk the final mile home or something, something or like they had that. to walk yeah, behind the yeah. bus? Yeah. Yeah, that was that was Kevin Constantine in Everett. That's right. Or Everett, was, sorry, not Tri-City, yeah. in Everett. No, yeah. it was in Everett. They might have played in Tri-City that night, but yeah. Yeah, you can't do that no more. <laughs> no. Well, you probably no. really shouldn't have done it when it was more widely... <laughs> Oh, good point. Like, yeah. Hey, hey, I, I remember coming back to uh, after playing a game in Prince Albert that went really, really wrong for the Saskatoon Blades. 
I remember coming back to Sask Place and having to run all the stairs. Like, that's a lot of stairs, Reed. <laughs> At midnight. <laughs> so, sorry, where was the game? In PA? Yeah, the game was in PA. So that's we not far. We were terrible. What, what is that, an hour away from Saskatoon? Or is it yeah, an hour and a half, maybe. Okay. And we were god-awful. Just got snot-bubbled that night at, in PA. So now you're already sour grapes. You're on the bus for an hour and change thinking about it because it's dead quiet and not a light has gone on. And then you unpack your frozen stiff gear and then get told to get into your workout stuff and you're running the stairs. There's a lot of stairs. <laughs> it's a lot. So uh, who is, do I dare ask who the coach was? I, I don't know if I want to say. Okay, fair I, enough. I don't want to get him in trouble. People can, well, people can look up when you played for the Blades. They can <laughs> so, figure it out. Now, how long did that go yeah. on? How long were you, you kept there running stairs deep into the night? Well, until you ran all of them. Oh, so you had <laughs> to do once around the whole rink up and down. Yeah. Yeah, that would take there's a while. Two, there's two decks. No, it took plenty long. <laughs> I think the sun was coming up when I left. And that, well, then you probably were the best conditioned athlete on the team. Well, that's probably the reason we lost so bad. It's probably mostly my fault anyway. Let's be honest. Oh. Yeah, good times. No, you didn't, but you didn't have to do it in your hockey equipment. He didn't no, make you no. gear up. No, no, we didn't have to do it in our gear. Gear was all frozen stiff anyway, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, good times. I've, I've always wondered, because, you know, you hear stories like that, and I think most of that is behind us. I, I would hope most reasonable yeah, oh, no, people would accept yeah. that, yeah. yes, you know, coaches have to hold players accountable, and punishment is sometimes... Um, Maybe a part of being a coach, but like I said, like yeah. Constantine making players walk behind a bus. I'm kind of like that's to me that's just a yeah. little more dangerous. That, but I but I always wondered would that. I mean, you'd you'd probably have to go back and tr- do a study, like actually get people to tell stories and then see yeah. how teams did after the fact. I always wondered if that helped or if it just made the players hate the coach even more and maybe not want to go to the wall for him. You know what I mean? Like well, that's I. Yeah, no, I, I see what you're saying, but I, I don't know that it, that, it, that, I don't think it turned that way. Actually, I think we played pretty well after that. It definitely got our attention because um, it was a lot of stairs. And we didn't, it's not like we were playing the next night or anything. We weren't playing for a few nights, but sometimes you got to, and yeah, it was, it was a little bit tough at the time, but it gets your attention that you have to be ready to play. And if you're not ready, certainly if you weren't ready to play as a member of the Saskatoon Blades going into Prince Albert, you're probably going to get it fed to you because that's a very big rivalry. And and you have to know that the home team's going to be flying out of the gate. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it wasn't that bad. You no, know, you only okay vividly now. remember it 32 years later, that's all. Well, that's true. <laughs> Coach wanted to make an impression. I guess he did. But it, it is... I always find the... The questions about, as you know, motivation, mental preparation, facing adversity. I, I find those stories very interesting. And Bryn Griffiths was on last night. And yeah. he was the Oilers media relations guy while Ron Lowe was the head coach. And, and Bryn said the, one of the biggest myths about 
I think he kind of really said pro sports in general is that coaches are always yelling at the players. You know, you lose yeah, a game, no, we're going to yell at you. No. you. You know, you you had a bad period. I'm going to smash a bunch of bunch of sticks. That like that's really not the case. And I and I think that that is important to remember, you know, certainly you have to be stern and hold players accountable and and sometimes a raised voice might be appropriate, but I think especially when you're dealing with adults, yeah. I I, I would think at some point for the athletes it's like, okay, like don't yell at me. Like 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 teach me or if you need to pull me out of the lineup okay then pull me out of the lineup but like if you're just screaming at me all the time it doesn't make the team better no it, it, it not, it's a few things it doesn't make the team better for sure and if you do it more than once or twice a season it loses like you get tuned right out like you only get one or two of those a year where you can actually go in and actually boot the garbage can and kind of get after the players a little bit that's you get one or two a year. That's it. If you start doing it more than that, it loses its its luster. Well, it loses its luster from the get-go, but it loses its impact for sure. And then they just tune you out. So you have to pick your spots. Like, it's going to have to be a pretty bad game for you to, uh, you know, kind of light the room up a bit. So... Yeah, I, I heard Bryn say that last night, and and I absolutely agree, especially at the pro level. Yeah, with all well, the players. I, I, well, and I think I read an article with, with Joel Quenville when he was coaching Chicago a few years ago, and he said three or four times a year he might lose it. Like you got to yeah. pick your spots, and 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 as Rob Brown says all the time on our games. No, we're talking more about pros here than juniors yeah. because there yeah. might be you know a little more instruction necessary in junior. Like like Rob says. Every pro athlete knows when he or she screwed up. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it, you know, being, so he, in some places he might require instruction. Maybe he requires uh, a, a video session and maybe that's in a group yep. session where he feels a little bit embarrassed. You know, I, I get it, but just, uh, you know, screaming at a guy and telling him he screwed up when he, when he already knows he's, he's screwed up. Like, like you said, it's probably like, okay, thanks, coach. Like, I know, I, I, I realize yeah. I shot the puck into my own net by accident. Like, I get it. Yeah, <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're right. It just it it doesn't resonate after a while, and it really it's counterproductive, quite honestly. Especially, yeah, especially at the pro level, or, or even at the university level. I mean, they've got a really good handle on on what's good and what's bad, and and quite honestly. The players are going to hold the players accountable more than anything. So, yeah, yelling at them is pointless. Cam Moon joining us tonight on Inside Sports Play-by-Play Voice for your Edmonton Oilers here on 630. we got a preseason game uh, Sunday the 26th. That is not too far away. So that's pretty cool. Uh, I guess we're, I mean, we're waiting for Yamamoto, aren't we? Um, yeah. It's probably going to be a one- or two-year deal. I think uh, Jim Matheson posted something. I mean, he's not going to get the... I guess there's some comparables with Farabee. He's not, he's not going to get the Farabee money, um, but we'll see. I mean, they're, they're going to need him, and hopefully he's back to uh, a legitimate top six role like he was a couple of years ago. Yeah. I mean, the second half of last year was a little tough for him, let's be honest. Um, first half, I thought, was, was pretty good, and then the year before, it was really good. So he knows that. He knows, and I think he's a top six guy. He works hard. If if he didn't work hard and you had to light a fire under him all the time, that'd be concerning. But the effort level is always strong, so that gives you something. Just the, the execution, 
in the second half wasn't really where you would want it to be. I think that'll be better. And, you know, keep in mind, he's, he's just a 22-year-old guy. Like, there's there's still lots of runway with Kyler Yamamoto. So I, I think he's going to be fine. I, it'll probably uh, be, uh, you know, helpful and and somewhat relaxing once he gets a deal done because until you get that done, there's always that anxiety. So once he gets that done, and, and I hope they get that done before camp starts, I mean, the sooner the better, quite honestly, just to have that, that peace of mind going into camp. So, yeah, I hope they get that done quick. All right. Mooner, you're the best. Yeah. Always love having you on. We'll do this again next week, of course. Enjoy the rest of your evening and all the uh, football viewing I'm sure you're going to be doing here over the Labor Day weekend, man. Oh, baby. Can't wait for it. I hope the Elks win by 50. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Mooner. He's ready Talk to go. You later. He wants a 50-point win. Yeah, that'd be great. I'll take uh, I'll take any win. One point fifty points. Uh, <laughs> they got to get a win here on Labor Day for the first time in a while. Seven twenty two inside sports on Chet. So I want to let you know the Edmonton Oilers are rolling out the Colby's Kids program. This is going to be built off what the Oilers had been doing with the second shift program that was introduced in 2019. Of course, Colby's Kids honoring the memory and legacy of Colby Cave. It's going to give uh, a bunch of uh, young kids a chance to participate in hockey. Fort of Canada supporting it as well. It's in partnership with the Colby Cave Memorial Fund. They're going to have some alumni uh, leading the program, teaching these players with the support of hockey Edmonton instructors. You got Fernando Pisani involved. You got Jason Chimera involved. You got uh, Kyle Brodziak involved. So this is uh, our, our, another great way to remember Colby Cave. It is the Colby's Kids Programs, and uh, you can get more information about that on the Oilers' website. Of course, they're going to have six, uh, uh, six one-hour on-ice sessions um you'll be able to get some swag uh i think there's a, a voucher towards minor hockey registration a bunch of other stuff you can go on the website and uh check it out and there's going to be a fall session that uh starts in october and then they're going to have winter sessions that'll start in january february and uh april as well so a bunch of chances for kids to get involved edmontonoilers.com slash youth hockey that's the entire address there for the Colby's kids program. I believe we might be getting one of those alumni members on the show uh, tomorrow. We'll see how that shakes down. Of course, we'll have more chat about the upcoming Labor Day classic. Uh, Pete Peters is scheduled to join us as well. Former NHL goaltender lives just North of Edmonton. He caught some, uh, I don't know if you saw this story, Kellen. I am not uh, the one who fishes. Mm -hmm. Uh, I guess he caught some sort of a record fish in, in, in BC. Okay. Yeah. So we'll, I guess we'll get that story as well. I, I've, uh, I've, a couple times in my life at my uh, uncle's farm near uh, near New Norway, I, I stood on the bank of a of a lake and, mm -hmm. and held a fishing rod. I don't think I reeled anything in. Yeah, I've but never yeah, been a big got, fisherman they, either. So they got some kind of a they got some kind of a record breaking fish. So we'll talk huh. goaltending and fishing and who knows what else with Pete Peters. 
that'll be fun. Hey, appreciate you tuning in tonight. Of course, you can get in touch on the hotline. It's presented by CertainTeed Professional Grade Building Materials. The number is 780-496-0063. We, uh, we'll talk a little bit about the Oilers. Uh, recap a couple key things Randy Ambrosi said, and oh my goodness, it's long overdue. We're going to name the animal all before 8 o'clock. from the penalty spot for Canada. They've pulled even with Honduras. Now in the 70th minute of the World Cup qualifying game in Toronto, this is the first of 14 games for Canada in the eight-team pool. The top three will qualify for the World Cup. Spots four and five will go into playdowns with other regions, but a home game against Honduras, you, you got to try and get the win right off the top. So Honduras scored on a penalty kick. In the first half, Canada comes back with a penalty kick goal in the second half. Like I said, in the 70th minute, uh, this one will wrap up right around the time the show ends. So we'll keep you posted on that one. The uh, we, we, had a, uh, we had Steve Lattasher from the Alberta Gaming and Liquor Commission on the show on Friday talking about the single-game sports betting being legal in Canada as of last Friday. Well, as of, uh, what was it, yesterday? Yeah, as of yesterday, the Play Alberta website playalberta.ca now includes the single game sports betting i uh i placed a couple wagers yesterday why not so you can go and check that they got a lot of options uh, of course nfl cfl nhl you can already place a wager on who you think is going to win the stanley cup things like that and then there's uh, going to be individual games uh, once hockey starts there's already individual game options for canadian football NFL, NCAA, bunch of different soccer league. Even the FC Edmonton match last night was on there. So uh, a bunch of cool stuff. Oh, I don't know if you heard that in the background. Somebody rang my doorbell. Guess what? I'm not going to answer. <laughs> it's it's probably somebody campaigning. Oh well, leave me a uh, leave me a pamphlet. Could you hear that? I don't know if you could hear that. I picked it up. Yeah, I think yes, everybody somebody, heard that. So there we yes, go. Yes, and I know by the doorbell that's which which because uh, I, I I live in a in a front to back uh, duplex and my front door mm-hmm. actually faces the back alley. So that's the that's the doorbell for the door that faces the street. So it's it's not somebody who because people who know first of all people who know me would know I'm on air right now. Yeah, right. And they would also know to go to the other door because that's the one the one I actually use. So anyway, probably a, a probably a politician or an uh, amazon well, delivery but whatever well I do, I do not have anything coming from amazon oh okay there we go Th- so. thanks for yeah <laughs> thanks for thinking of me though Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. i am pleased to hear from this gentleman he's a uh, frequent caller and pontificator on overtime open line after oilers games and sometimes he checks in on inside sports, usually more with hockey-related stories, but I, Lee, I believe Robert has some elk stuff on his mind tonight. Hey, Robert, go ahead. Hey, Reed, how you doing? I'm doing well. It's nice to hear from you. What have you been up to? Uh, uh, not a whole lot. Just uh, watching, uh, just uh, following the baseball, seeing if the uh, uh, seeing if the Jays can maybe sneak in there. Good, good. What's on your mind? Yeah, but yeah, I guess. Uh, but I you know. I guess. Uh, I guess I'll I guess I'll I'll start off with the uh, uh, the rescheduled game 
in, I know honestly I'm uh, I'm happy that the I'm happy that the game did get rescheduled because uh, because I think I, I thought, you know it would have been, you know it definitely would have been tough for the Elks to have to have to take a forfeit and take a loss but at the same time the fact that they're they're now going to have to play three games in 7 days to uh to close out the season that's going to be that's definitely going to be tough I agree with I agree with some of the things you said earlier when you said like they don't they don't they don't seem like a team that can finish first uh, first or second in the division. I agree with that. I think they're I think they're they're middle of the pack, third to fourth. So you know I think they 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 definitely they're definitely going to need to find a, find a way to uh, uh, string together some wins here before they uh, before they reach that stretch if they want to make the playoffs. Because uh, personally I think if if their playoff hopes come down to that stretch, yeah, I'm not 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 overly optimistic. And then I got the one final point, I guess, on the on the team uh, uh, releasing uh, Jacob Ruby. I personally, I agree with the move because uh, it, it shows that it shows that the league and the teams are not are not going to are not going to mess around with the breaching COVID uh, uh, breaching the uh, uh, the COVID protocols, which is good. So I like that. And uh, but I think uh, I think that I think the Elks. I think they'll be. I think they'll be a playoff team. Will they get a home game? Probably not, but I think they're a playoff team. I think they have a chance. No, let, let me ask you this: Did you did you get to hear my chat with Ambrosi between six and six thirty? Don't feel bad if you yeah. didn't. Yes, I did hear it. No, because I, I I did want to ask. I mean, in Principe brought it up last night. Okay, so the Elks cut the guy, and then the league kind of says nobody sign him. And to me, that was like, okay, the Elks cut him. But does he really deserve to be blacklisted? I mean, I know it's a it's a tense time, and and Dave Campbell mentioned teams might be avoiding unvaccinated players. Fair enough, but it seems to me Ambrosi basically said he's suspended indefinitely, but he's open to him playing again. Are are, are you comfortable with that? That they might like he probably won't play this year, and then maybe he comes back with a clean slate with a team next year. Is that appropriate to you? I'm I'm curious because you're a pretty big fan. You love sports. Is that appropriate or is that excessive in your mind? Uh, honestly, in my opinion, Reed, I think, you know what, you, you know what, uh, honestly, I think in my opinion, I think if he takes the, if he takes the rest of the season off and he learns something from this and he, de- and, you know, and he decides to maybe get vaccinated, maybe not, maybe by the time, maybe by the time next season rolls around, maybe that won't even matter. But honestly, in my opinion, if he if he can if he can learn something from this, as I said, I don't I I honestly wouldn't have a problem. Uh, I honestly wouldn't have an issue with him playing in the league again. And if uh, and if he got another chance with the Elks, that would that honestly uh, uh, I mean that honestly wouldn't bother me either. I mean I do do I think the Elks will would likely give him another chance? No, but. But uh, but if but if they, but if uh, if one of the other eight teams decided to, I'm I'm more than I'm, you know I'm, I'm honestly open to that. All right. Well, Robert, I hope you're doing well. I appreciate that you're uh, you're listening to the show. I'm happy that you're out there. It's nice to get a phone call from you. It's been kind of a uh, an odd couple of weeks here covering the the story around this uh, this elk situation. So I'm glad you've been following it, man. Take care. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. All right, Reed. Thanks a lot. Have a good night.
That's Robert checking in. Certainty Hotline, professional grade building materials, 780-496-0063. Yeah, I, I, like, I don't think Jacob Ruby should lose his career. I, I understand why the Elks let him go if he was misrepresenting, ta- uh, misrepresenting his vaccination status. And, uh, you know, th- it, this has been an ongoing discussion. I, I, I like the way Blake Dermott put it yesterday on the show that uh, it was yesterday, the day before, I can't remember. I think it was the day before that, you know, professional sports is a very unique ecosystem. It's a very distinct job environment. What you do uh, affects what everybody else can do. And look, the, the Elks could have forfeited this game, which would have mean a lot, which would have meant a loss and no paychecks. And, and as Robert mentioned, as we've talked about, they're they're they they're not exactly in a great situation here with those three games in seven days. So, um, you know, and, and look, I'm not saying this is all on on Jacob Ruby, but uh, you know, given given what happened, given the the, the team environment, uh, you you want to play games, you need to play games to have a paycheck. I mean, it's that's it's that simple when it comes down to, to professional athletics. And, and, I, and I like the way Blake put that. You can't necessarily take, and this is the one thing I would, you, you know, I, I, I would sort of quibble with Chris Presson on, and I think this is what Blake was saying. Okay, you can say your team vaccination rate is higher than the general populace, but the general public doesn't play pro sports and doesn't depend on game day to make money and have an audience and, and have a career. So uh, pro athletes do a lot of things and make a lot of sacrifices for the common good. And so their teammates uh, and, and can all play and get paid as well. And look, I, I know in this situation with the Elks, nobody did anything, you know, evil or, um, you know, irresponsible in terms of being, you know, apathetic towards their teammates. Uh, but things did happen. And I think it's all about maximizing your chances of playing every game and making every cent that you're owed in your contract. That's uh, that's how I look at it for sure. Interesting debate. Absolutely. 780-496-0063. 79th minute now. Canada and Honduras still tied 1-1. Both uh, goals scored from the penalty spot in this game. This first little round of uh, games for Canada, they're going to play the United States in Nashville on Sunday. Then they're back in Toronto next Wednesday. That's September 8th to take on El Salvador. The Elks game against Toronto, if you missed the schedule, it's been rescheduled for Tuesday, November. 16th they the home and home against Saskatchewan is in place but they flop the locations of the games so November 5th is here November 13th is at Regina so the Elks will play three road games in seven games uh seven days to finish off the season Saskatchewan November 13th Toronto November 16th at BC on November 19th that is going to be tough okay we'll uh get to a couple of key points that Randy Ambrosi made when we get back and uh we're gonna do it The one thing that keeps me going, name the animal. That is an excellent guitar riff. 84th minute, Canada, Honduras, 1-1 in Toronto. Tomorrow's Friday. We're going to have a show. Well, we do every Friday. Uh, I, I think we might get Calvin McCarty tomorrow. That with the Calgary Stampeders. 
I don't think he's played yet for the Stamps, but he did come out of retirement to join the team. And uh, we'll get you ready for Labor Day on Monday. Have some fun with former NHL goaltender Pete Peters. Who knows what else we're going to have? I can tell you what we are going to have right now. The segment on the show, which I believe will ultimately define the broadcasting careers of Kellen Kennedy. Yep, I already got calls about this one too. So It is called Name the Animal. It's a, a very complicated little game we play. Kellen Kennedy goes to the 630 Ched Animal Sanctuary, and depending on the size and temperament of the animal, he either brings it back to the 630 Ched control room or he records it while it's in the animal sanctuary. Obviously, it, you know, it might be hard to get some of the larger animals into the control room or they just might be, uh, some animals are too ornery. So the, he then plays the sound the animal makes or if it's accompanied him to the studio, to the uh, control room, then he just gets it, he prompts it to do the sound live on, on the radio. And then me sitting here in my, in my basement as I've been doing this show from uh, home for quite a while now, I have to name the animal based only on the sound. I have done uh, well maybe two or three times. Uh, on only one occasion, though, did I get the animal without getting any hints from Kellen. Yeah, that was now, week if two. You participate, <laughs> if you participate by texting, tweeting, or calling in, that's fine. But again, you can't win anything. Maybe someday we'll do a name the animal where a listener can win. Mm. But this is really just presented for uh your listening enjoyment so it is uh it is name the animal that's how it works i'm going to try without any clues from kellen to get it the only one i got with first guess no prompting was a walrus and that was several weeks ago if not months now we've been doing i think we've been doing this since for months uh, since december january yeah it's, it's it's hugely popular and it's quite meaningful in my life uh i must say it's it's anyway Let's go, Kellen. Let's hear today's animal, please. All right, here we go. That's a goat, a baby goat. It is not. Oh. We already did goat anyway, so. Did we? Oh, yeah, we did. <laughs> what did we, cheddar? we got Cheddar the goat. He cheddar the goat. for a while. I can't hear anything. Oh, wow. Is it a small animal? It's a larger animal. Well, it's actually a larger animal. Is it a farm animal? No, no. No, it's a wild animal. <laughs> it's okay. Is it a dangerous animal? Uh, variations of it could be. This one particularly, I wouldn't consider it dangerous at all. This particular one or this particular... The, the uh... particular breed of this animal. It's 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 genus is dangerous, but the particular I guess animal from what it is is not dangerous at all. Is it a, is, is it some kind of cat? No, it is not. Here, I'll play is it, again it here. furry? It is very furry. Yes. It's, so it's a mammal. Mm -hmm, yes. And is it is it larger than a German Shepherd? Uh, about the same size, maybe a little bit larger. Is it a wildebeest? No. No, but you sounded like it's close to a wildebeest. It's not a cat, so it's not like a jaguar or a cheetah or anything like that. Okay, I need, I need some other hint here. I, I'm flailing. 
Okay, so it, you can, it's it, the way, how come I, I, I backpedaled on Wildebeest is because you came close on thinking that it's not on this continent. So you can't find these in North America at all. So they're not on North America, like a North American animal at all, okay. unless you go to a zoo. So, so, it, so but, it, but it is a mammal, but it's not a, a cat. No, it's not a cat. Is it in, is it in Africa? It is not in Africa, no. It's okay. Is it? Is it a northern animal? Uh, no, not really. Just barely southern hemisphere. Oh, my God. <laughs> is it a cold weather animal? It can kind of get cold where it is. It's kind of likes its tropics, though. It likes, it likes a certain type of plant, so that's why it, it, it likes its tropics. Is it a panda? You got it. That's it's it. It's a panda. It's, it's a panda. bamboo. Yes. Yep. I got it. I got it after like 10 minutes. That's amazing. We'll see if it does it again here. I think it does. Should do it here. Look at this. Yeah. So all it's doing is just uh, calling for another panda. That's what it sounds like. You could have given me a hint about the University of Alberta. Oh, she didn't even think about it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, it could be just ro like, could be roaming the halls at Claire Drake. You know, there we go. <laughs> they are uh, pandas are found, uh, I believe, in just a very couple smaller regions of of China now. Does that sound correct? Yep, China. Yeah. Sure, there's some pandologists out there. Uh, lovely animals. That's a, a a cute noise. Okay. Yeah, but I I don't think they're general. Are are they? Would they attack humans? I don't know if if you became between them and I their guess bamboo. If you took their bamboo. If one was eating bamboo and you took it, you'd you'd probably get a smack or two. Mm -hmm. And they're a bear, so you get between a like a, a mother bear and its cub. That that's bad news as well, right? So right. Yeah. How many pandas are left on Earth anyway? The, are they not an endangered uh, animal? I thought they were, but then they bounced. They, they off are endangered. Of, okay, they, they still they, are. Right? Uh, they are endangered. Uh, the uh, panda, I don't, I don't know what the panda population is. It's around, as of, well, this is a while ago, as of 2013, it was around 2,300. Not many. That's, so, uh, geez, a little bigger than Evansburg. I remember, not, not as big as Edson. I remember when I was a kid going through elementary school, so, you know, 20 odd years ago, back when 19. dinosaurs walked, yeah, walked the, the earth, uh, they thought that the number of pandas uh, in the wild were somewhere between 500 to 900. So the, the number has bounced up a little bit. Yeah, it says in 1985 it was down to about 800. Wow. Crazy. In the wild. Yeah, they don't know how many they had in, in captivity. Mm hmm. Well, that, that, I didn't mind that one. That was that was an interesting little noise. And when you gave away the, that it likes a certain type of uh, plant, I, my head immediately went to bamboo, of course. Mm -hmm. Loves the bamboo. Loves the bamboo. All right. They are in the 90th minute, but, uh, well, they're actually in the 91st minute. They're into the first of four minutes of injury time. Canada and Honduras, it is 1-1 in CONCACAF World Cup qualifying both goals scored from the penalty spot in this game honduras in the first half canada in the second half so i don't think we're going to quite have a final for you before the end of the show but i'm sure we'll touch on it tomorrow honduras here has a free kick on the canadian net from about 30 yards out we'll see if they can produce anything on that all mm -hmm. right besides uh by the way, is Cheddar around? Yeah, so, Cheddar. somebody wanted to hear the goat earlier on, too. They phoned in and wanted to hear the goat, so here's the goat. 
That's not true that somebody requested the goat. I did. I got a phone call that's, from somebody. That's actually true. Somebody requested the goat. Yes. That's, I, I well, I thank you, I guess. And the cheddar thanks you. Uh, besides the uh, the cute little panda and Cheddar the Goat, you heard from Cam Moon, Dave Campbell, and Randy Ambrosi. You missed anything, sign up for the podcast for Inside Sports. We'll get you a canned ham or listen live tomorrow from 6 to 8. We'll have more fun. Dave Campbell's the producer of the show. My name's Reed. Take care. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.